Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shir. Nishmas, Roslin, Bas, Rafa and Ezra. Any Badlum, Mishus of the upcoming marriage, Mitzhem, Sinta Hait, next week, Shkedish Kislev, Sanya Shalaya Leibish, with Yafa Leia Zukin. And the Shabbos, Baruch Hashem, Yetz Hashem, above in the table is Afruf. He gets called up to the Tera. And a chassan called up to the Tera before his wedding is a momentous occasion, of course. Um, last time he had this momentous occasion, probably was by his bar mitzvah. And getting called up to the Tera. Say to symbolize, not symbolize nothing symbolic in Tata, but simply of the building of an edifice, the construction of an edifice of a home of Tata of Mitzis, and therefore begins Dafka with the Tata standing by an Aliyah the Tata. Acheno Asfardim, the Sephardic custom. This is called Shabbos, Shabbat Arus, and the next Shabbos is called Shabbat Chatan. And they, during Shabbat Brachas, that's when they would make the uh, Chatan's Aliyah. All evolving around the same, not idea, the same concept, the enveloping the Chosen, the Kala, the home, to be built on the foundations of Teirah and Mitzvah. So it should be Mitzvah, this is Chazan Kalal, they should have a beautiful home. I say that here of our Mitzvahs, which is Nakas from them, Bonim and Brei Bonim, Eskim Batele of our Mitzvahs. And what more apropos Pasha to begin a lifestyle, a life, than Chaya Sara, the life of Sara. which is this week's Pasha. It's also Shabbos Mivarachim Chedesh Kislev. We're now going into the miracle, the month of miracles, the month of Kislev, which many, many different things go on. Chabad, you have Yitesh Kislev. We have, uh, then we of course have Chanukah. Tesh Kislev. Many, many occasions, many, many moments of very, very spiritual and uplifting times. Uplifting is something that we need a lot of now. Everybody's nervous. People are getting anxious. A good friend of mine, literally, just not coping. People literally are taking medication for anxiety. 
people literally are trying to overcome what? What is it that they're overcoming? What is it that's confusing them? What is it that's causing them turmoil? Only the Sultan. The Sultan comes in as he does in this week's parasha. And we've said this many times. First, beginning of the parasha tells us why is it now talking about the passing of Sarah? We finished last Pasha with the story of Akedas Yitzchak, where Avram brought Yitzchak as a sacrifice, and the Medish tells us that the Sultan came to Sarah, said, "Where's Avram? Where's Yitzchak?" And he told her, "Let me show you." And he stretched her neck, or whatever he did to cause her to have the vision of what was going on in Haramariya. He says to her, Avraham shechted Yitzchak almost. Rash tells us that he said almost, Baruch HaNishmasa, and Hashemah flew out. Now if he said to her, Avraham shechted Yitzchak, and Hashemah flew out, and then he said almost, it makes sense. His conniving ways, and he said almost, after she already passed. Because she, from the shock of hearing that her son was being was sacrificed. But it doesn't say that. It says that he, Avram sacrificed his son, Yitzchak, almost. And then she passed away. And this we've explained many, many times. But it's Kedai because this is what the foundation of a Jewish home is all about how one needs to understand and believe full-heartedly. Chachmas Isha Ban Sabesa The Chachma of the woman builds the home. The woman is the Akeres Abayas. And therefore, everything evolves around her. And especially the education. So much so, that when Sari Menu hears that Yitzchak was brought for a sacrifice, she was happy. She was happy to know that her son was fit to be a sacrifice, a carbon for the Eivishter. <coughs> <coughs> then she heard almost. She heard no, he didn't do it. No, he wasn't brought up. They took an aisle instead. She couldn't take it anymore. Did I not raise my child perfectly? Is there a flaw in my child so much so that he's not fit to be a carbon to Hashem? We sit today, unfortunately, because of the social media and because of all the access that people have to the news, shall we call it. People are sitting glued to the concepts of what's going on, the concept of the war that's going on, Rahman al-Tzlan, in Arsenu Agdesha, our holy land. What's your opinion? Do I have an opinion? 
Does anyone care what my opinion is? Should they eradicate Hamas? Should they flatten Gaza and take it back over and occupy it again and never give it back again like the Rebbe said? Had they listened then with these 15, 1400 people that were destroyed, that were Rahman al-Islam killed, be alive today? We can't bring anybody back. There will be Tchizamesim and everybody will come back. But we can't do that. At the moment, currently, there's a, a war waging. Our children, and they're all our children, are facing the worst of the possible. We don't begin to know what's going on there. We have an inkling due to the, as we said, social media. To the many, many victorious moments that they're experiencing, to the flattening of things that they've been doing, getting video clips on your social media, on your WhatsApp or Instagram or whatever it might be. <coughs> Literally, I saw yesterday there was a car in the middle of the street. And the soldier, the Israeli soldier standing there, and he tells you, come let me show you this car. And you go to the car, you look inside, and there's a tunnel. A tunnel underneath the car. This car was a entrance, or exit. Go suspect, go see, go understand. They're blowing up tunnels all over the place. We're not going to discuss the news or the weather or the war. We want to look at this. What does it mean to us? What should we be doing? A tremendous spiritual awakening has taken place here. Two of my sons are out in the field working here in New York. One is construction, one is low voltage. But they always have children with them. And both of them experienced this week, on the same day actually, a fellow, different fellows, They have, he, had his, he had his, guys that every time they meet them, they meet them often enough apparently, are they offer them when they put on film, they always refuse. One of them said, <laughs> some posts, whenever I ask him, he said he'll never put on film. And he has a picture of him with the twilling on, he says, I guess today is never. The other one has a brother in the IDF, and he, he says he couldn't anyway, he has to do something, he put on film. And there's a story of a fellow, another little video of a guy that in, I think in the West Coast, I'm not sure, who suffers from multiple sclerosis and, and uh, Crohn's or whatever it is, and he can't really do much. But unfortunately for him, I guess he was born in a country that wasn't allowed. 
He never had a bris mila. He called up a male and asked him to perform the bris mila. He wanted to have a bris mila. This is the only mitzvah that he could possibly think of that he could do severe enough and his merit to save a Jewish soul in his eyes soul. One of the most poignant stories so far that I've saw or heard from this horrific, horrific war, from that horrible day of Shmini Atzeres, there was one Arab worker that was working 30 years in that area. And he was the handyman, the Shabbos guy, whatever he was, but everybody knew him. He knew everybody well. Well enough that he knew everyone's house, practically their floor plans, how many children they had, if they had a dog, if they had a cat, whatever they had. He knew exactly what went on in every single house. And their names. And he wrote this list up for Yemachshimam v'zachram this Hamas. When they came in there to this kibbutz, they knew exactly where they were going and who they were visiting and what they were looking for. How many people should be there so that nobody walks away, nobody hides. There are, yes, stories of people that hid their children, hid their babies, hid whatever it is in a closet that he wasn't aware of, perhaps, or maybe the list was wrong, or maybe they thought the children went away for Shabbos, whatever it was. One family that lived in this kibbutz, it's not a very religious kibbutz, unfortunately, one family that lived there decided a while back that there's one mitzvah that they'd like to keep and that's mitzvah Shabbos they want to keep Shabbos they want the Shabbos meals and they want to go to shul on Shabbos Shabbos, they want to have a Shabbos not to do any mulach on Shabbos not to answer their phones on Shabbos they wanted to keep Shabbos so customarily every Shabbos they went away to a different relative they didn't stay in the kibbutz because it wasn't possible to stay keep Shabbos there, apparently. They used to go every Shabbos to a different relative. This attack they knew would take place on Shabbos. So on the terrorists' lists, these people were sitting in their house hearing what's going on and watching what's going on, mortified, petrified. And they literally saw the terrorists walk by their house, look at their address, look at their home, and walk past it. What happened? That Shabbos, she was heavily pregnant, that Shabbos they decided they are going to stay home. And they even had some guests with them. But on this guy's list, it says, Shabbos, this house is empty. So they just walked by, there was nothing, no reason to stop there. And needless to say, they were all saved. The Kedusha of Shabbos, the sanctity of Shabbos, it protects, it rewards, not only in the world to come, but in the world, in this world as well. What one spends on Shabbos, Hashem gives back. 
in his way, in his time. But there's nothing like Kedusha Shabbos. And here these people literally, physically, spiritually had their lives saved because of a decision that they had made a while back of keeping Shabbos. And I'm very sure, I mean, I'm not very savvy in, in all these things. I don't have the time, unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't have the time to sit and to read and to look at all the videos and everything else that goes on. And each little video clip that I do see, I just sit and cry like a baby anyway, watching how Hasidic people, not only Chabad, we didn't buy the patent on this, all different walks of Chassidim running around in Eretz Yisrael, feeding soldiers, dancing with soldiers, just going to hug a soldier. Do we need to address the maniacal crowd of people that are dressed in the Hasidic garb and Ahmad al-Sun march with the Palestinians? No. It's a waste of breath, a waste of time, a waste of thought, a waste of brain cells. What is it? it makes a terrible kill Hashem and everything else, yes. Say better a capital till them at that time that you're worrying about these people who they are, what they're doing and how they're disgracing our nation better say that with that time say a capital tillum or a prayer of any sort whatever language you say the prayers in for the safety of the Jewish people that are in that so what they're doing is they doesn't have any effect on what we have to do and what we have to continue and persevere I'm very sure that when the dust settles and Mashiach blows the Shefer, which will be today, we will hear of many, 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 many incredible miracles of places that people had gone, people of things that had done, people that they had captured. in an unbelievable way. Because HaKadosh Baruch who has his hand over these soldiers who no matter what circles they come from are thriving and thirsting. Let me put on film. Let me wear tzitzis. There are thousands of pairs of tzitzis that were given out, that were distributed. Tzitzis that were made onto uniform shirts. They know that this is my Shemitah, this is my protection. The Tater in the midst is my protection. There's an iron dome, and there's a this, and there's the ends, everything that there is. The mezuzah on my door, my tzitzis, my tefillin. Boys that were totally, totally secular, that had nothing to do whatsoever with Yiddishkeit didn't imagine that Judaism was connected to them at all, didn't want to even. 
And today they find not just solace, not just comfort, not just protection. They find a direct connection with them and Torah mitzvahs. And they're not saying it's this box and this strap that I'm putting on. And it's not saying the strings that are hanging from me that I'm, I'm wearing. They're saying it's Yad Hashem. I'm connecting to the one above. I'm connecting to the Ibishta. And that's what's protecting me. That's what's keeping me going. The Karbonis, Rahman al Islam that are falling the soldiers that did not make it back. Do we know? Do we have an answer why we don't? Young blood being spilled like this. I think I spoke about it, I don't remember. She was finally brought to Kvura Rebach after two weeks. A young couple from Israel went to a part of New Zealand where there's no shliach yet. And there's one fellow, what's the difference? They decided to go there. He was not there for, for, for Tishrei. They went there to do whatever they can for a, a whatever Jewish community there is, which I don't think there is even. And they were there for the holiday of Tishrei, the month of Tishrei. Holidays are Shani and Kippah. Sukkis. Before going back to Israel, they decided to go touring. The young kids, they're in the 20s. She's 23, he's 25, probably 4, 5, 6, whatever. They decided to go to touring. They, had two, they have two little babies, two pits of babies, a three-year-old and an infant. And Akhbar and Sunday got involved in a terrible car pile-up. One of the three-year-old, I believe, broke its leg, needed surgery. The baby's fine. The husband had to spend some time in hospital as well. Unfortunately, the mother was just brought to Kfuras Yisrael, buried in Yisrael, 23 years old. She was not in Sederot, she was not in, in Ashkelon, she was not in, in Tel Aviv Street, she was not anywhere where bombs were falling where terrorists were running around shooting people up. And she lives there. That was her home. That's where they were living. That's where their residence was. That's what it said on their license. That's what it said on everything they owned. That this is their residence. (coughs) (coughs) The Malach managed to schlep them some far-flung corner of New Zealand. A country that people never even heard of. A country that in order to get there, you go to the end of the world and make a left. That's where she was, because that's where her time had to be brought up, brought to an end. person does not know their time, does not know their moments, does not know when they have, when we have, and when we, what we have. We need to 
celebrate life. We need to understand that life is what Hashem is giving us, and therefore we need to live it to the highest, to the best of our capacity. And we look at this week's parsha. Vayu Chaye Sara. The name of the parsha is the life of Sara. What does it have to do with? What does it open up the story? Here we have the storyline, It's not a book, not a novel. What does the Torah begin to tell us in this parsha about the passing of Sara Imenu? Sara Imenu passes away, and Avraham Avinu has to negotiate a resting place. And the negotiations that take place between him and Ephraim, where he purchases, Avram ultimately purchases the Maras of Machpelah as we know it today, thereby giving it ownership, rightful ownership to the Jewish nation. In order to bury his wife there. Then it talks about Yitzchak being married to Rivka. And the condolences for his mother. At the end it talks about Avram remarrying to Keturah, to Hagar, and the children of Yishmael. Where in this passage do we talk about the life of Sarah? It's the opposite. Not only do we talk about her burial, we talk about her husband remarrying because he didn't have because his wife was gone. So how do we label not only tell us that we're going to talk something about it, but we name the Pasha life of Sarah. Life, we know it. Is limited. It's limited. We go, we're born, we live our life, and we move on. But true life, the way true life should be labeled, is perpetual. And it doesn't end when a person passes away. As a matter of fact, that's when the person shines. <laughs> that's when the person really is recognized. Besides besides that after a person dies, everybody all of a sudden talks how great they were. Well, some people. Unfortunately, some people did not merit to have such a name. And after they die, it's not what people say and do. But generally, the passing of a person begins their legacy. And this is, of course, through their family, through their children. And the path of which their children walk, the path on which their children continue, 
is their life. This is their legacy. This is what they set up and established in this world. In that case, after the passing of a person, we see the quality of their life. We see the true life of the person. And therefore, if you give me a score at home, you can run in tightness, ham, and base. Five, side two. The Gemara tells us, Yaakov Avinu Leimes. Yaakov Avinu did not die. What does that mean? Ma'azari b'chayim, afu b'chayim. Just like his children lived the life that he wanted them to live, then his life lives on. Not just his memory, he is still alive. He's living, his legacy is still going. But more than a legacy is his existence. And therefore, Dafkin our parasha talks about all the things that happened after Sarah's passing. And we see the perpetuality of her life. We see Rivka, which continues in the way of Sarah. As it says, He brings Rivka into Sarah's tent. Rashi explains what Sarah Imei, his her mother, his mother. She merited the three miracles that she had in her days: candles that lit, challah, etc. But more than that. Everything that happens in this parasha teaches us that the path that Sarah paved was perpetual. We need to differentiate the difference in Avram and Sarah. Sarah was the mother of Yitzchak alone. When she gave birth to him, every moment she gave devoting and dedicating to him. Which ultimately manifested in the condition which he which he held. Abraham was the father of the many nations, Shmuel, children of Keturah. All the children that he had, everybody that he had. Sarah tried at one point to drive out the servant, to drive Hagar out of the house and his and her child. And Avram was pained over that. And Avram prayed for Yishmael as well, and ultimately it says Yishmael did Shiva. So therefore the happenings that happen in our Pasha are testimony on the righteousness of the path of Sarah Dafka. Therefore the Pasha begins with the story of Maratz Machpela, which the source was the cave, which is the place of Adam and Chava, the resting place of Adam and Chava. The, the ultimate parents of mankind. 
And then we see Avram purchases the cave for the burial of Sarah. And the end, buried there, is only the Ovis and the Imais of Am Yisrael. Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov are buried with their wives. Sarah's sole focus was Yitzchak. Although it says, Avram, Mekarev, is Hanashim, it says out of Tznius, out of modesty, Avram dealt with the men and Sarah dealt with the women. Today's days, unfortunately, there are men that have to deal with the, the rabbits with women as well. And there are rabbits that sometimes talk to the men as well. What I say, unfortunately, because we see here, this is how it was supposed to be. But, the connections are made in a different different status today. And one needs to be able to differentiate where they draw the line, where to understand that their message of spirituality is brought the way it should be. And not Hashem to come into any kind of mikshal, any kind of stumbling block. And may it be as such. Amen. In addition to the second the second chapter over here that happens, the shlichas of Eliezer, Eliezer, being a, what's called Talmud Muvik of Avram. He was an ultimate, ultimate student of Avram. And he not, not only that, but he, if you keep his score at home, Gemara Yumach of Chesam and Beis tells us, Rashi explains over there, that he literally not only took from Avram, but he was able to, he was able to give it off to others as well. The same way. And merited many miracles. So when he asked that Yitzchok marry his daughter, he had a daughter as well. They wanted Avram to do a shidduch with him. Yitzchok should marry his daughter, Eliezer's daughter. He wasn't answered. That was his tefillah, but it wasn't answered. And Rashi explains that Avram says, "Bni Baruch Vata Aror, Vein Aror Midbak Baruch." My son is a blessing, and you are here refers to literally as a curse, or the opposite of what the way it was, and the two opposites don't attract. <laughs> I guess that's the fundamental of the. Uh, the crisis. Ay, nebuch. Opposites, unfortunately, we do see the attract, but the way the the, the extremes of opposites that the Ram is referring to here is not just the the natural way of opposites that we know today. We do see many many couples 
where one is a very, very kind, compassionate, and one is a very hard, hard-hearted person. And they live, they live for many years together, they stay together. The end of the Pasha also shows us, the Taylor tells us, and Avram is called Shalei, the Yitzchak. Avram gave everything he had to Yitzchak. Although he had the other sons, as we mentioned before, he gave them gifts and he sent them away from Yitzchak. Not to enter any kind of controversy with Yitzchak. Which again is reflection on the greatness and the righteousness of the way of Sarah Emenu. She saw the continuity, Dafka through Yitzchak, her son, and she asked and requested and beseeched to give everything, all the godliness and all the spirituality to him. And therefore the passion is called Chayesar, the legacy, the life of Sarah. For in this we reveal the perpetuality and it's Zidkus of Sara. Pasha goes on to tell us Vavram Zokin Boba Yavim. Avram became old in those days, in the, and he became in, in days. We're praising Avram with this. Zakin Babayam. It's a praise. What's Zakin? Kimiskoram Gimarakidushin. Lamid Bez Amid Bez, 32 side 2. Says Zakin is someone, Zeshekana Chachma. He acquires Chachma. When a person is careful and watches his Teda, the Teda of Hashem Yisbarach, he brings Kedusha. He brings spirituality, holiness, into his seichel and his nefesh. And he acquires the name of a zakin. Zakin being the one that purchased, that owns now the Chachma of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And finds themselves higher in the completion of the neshama of the person. What's Boba Yomim came into days? This tells us that he came of years. Every day was a day by him. Every day was full. Every day was accomplished. Every day was full with Taylor Mitzvahs. This doesn't affect the shlemus of the nefesh, the, compl- the fullness of the nefesh of the person. There's not enough community, there's no difference what time or when a person is Makai Mitzvah. <coughs> the Matara is, the goal here is to elevate and purify every single day itself. How do we purify and elevate a day? <coughs> Excuse me. Through Taylor Mitzvah. So we find the Maila, in this Indian, the person sanctifies and purifies, cleanses the world itself with these deeds, 
with his learning of Tera. Generally, if a person merits to achieve the fullness of his nefesh, of his inner soul, then in that case, Avedis, uh, his service of making, of sanctifying, making holy the world around him in a full, in the fullest, in the fullest capacity. Whereas, if a person is successful to complete his service and his purification of the world, this comes to a personal, this is a personal account, this personal cheshbein, this personal reckonings that a person has and, and racks up in their own in their own book. This, however, was the greatness of Avraham Avinu. The greatness of Avraham Avinu that he was Zokein Boba Yaman. He achieved the ultimate zenith of both of these points and brought them both together by elevating himself, by elevating everything around him, elevating all the potatoes and the mitzvahs. And also elevating the days themselves and the world around him. This a person needs to take a life lesson how to serve HaKadosh Baruch One needs to constantly find a way and a purpose to bring in and to sanctify and to bring Kedusha into the world. Don't think to yourself, I need this, I need that, I want this, I want that. I am this and I need and I have to have. There's enough people working about, working around and running around <clears throat> achieving what they need to is financially. To elevate higher and higher and not to pay attention to what's going around in the world, what's going on in the world. This we learn from Avraham Avinu, Zak in Baba Yam. We need to work on both fronts and we need to bring them together. This is the way of Teda to attach, to connect the El and the Tachtenim. Between the service of a person with himself and the service of a person, how he purifies and elevates the world. It's a full-time job. But that's what we're given. And speaking of given, we'll go back to the beginning of the parasha, where Avram's conversation with Ephraim. He says, Geves seishav anechi imachem, t'nuli achuzas kever imachem, ve'ekpera meisim l'fanoi. I am a stranger, I am a resident with you. <clears throat> Please give me a place, a burial place to bury my dead before you. And Rashi explains what is he saying with two, the Ger and the Teshav. If you want, consider me a Ger, consider me a stranger to your society. If not, accept me as a Teshav. 
and take me in from the outside, bring me in. Fakash Baruch has told me, <coughs> this is Rashi, very poignant Rashi's words. Hakarish Baruch has told me, says Avram, Lizar Acha To your children I will give this land. This is the conversation that Avram Vino has with Lai, with Ephraim. Rashi is bringing this expression and this explanation from Bereshis Rabbah. However, Rashi, shall we say, misquotes the Bereshis Rabbah. In Bereshis Rabbah it explains Avram Vino said a different Pasuk. He didn't say the Zaracha Ete Nesarat but he said, To your children I have given this land. So what's going on over here? Why is Rashi taking it from a different Pasuk? I will give this land. Perhaps say, and makes the most common sense, Rashi, the champion of the Bechamish as we call him, the champion of the child studying Chumash, who needs to know exactly what's going on in the Chumash, what happened here in this passage, can give only explanations that the child will answer his question that he has on the passage. Therefore, to say that Avramavina said, that to your children I gave this land, well, he didn't have any children yet. He didn't have families. He only had Yitzchak. To say I gave it already to them, it didn't fit. Mechamesh Mikha says that it doesn't make sense. There were no children, grandchildren, etc. That the Kaddish Baruch gave the land to. And therefore, Bnei Ches would say, what are you talking about? He gave it to who? Where are they? Therefore, Rashi changes and says, no, Avram Vina said, I'm going to give. And thereby, clarifying to Ephraim, and of course to the Mechamish, the Mikra, the Havnul, that Avram is referring to the land that he will be given, this land will be given to his children that will be born. So Rashi therefore makes that little twist of using a different Pasuk so that everything should fall into place with all the people involved. the story of Eliezer the dialogue and the Torah tells us how Eliezer went 
Eliezer went on the mission of Avram Avinu to find a wife for Yitzchak. And he had explicit instructions. And the Torah tells us how it all happened. And then the Torah tells us again afterwards, he repeats the story once again when it's repeated to Avram. Why is a Torah every word is counted for? Why all of a sudden repetition of a story of Eliezer, Eved Avram? And the Torah tells us that Sichase shall Eved, this talk of the Eved of Aves, is greater than different expressions, but greater than actual Torah itself. from the tater of the children. Rashi explains that also. And explained many different ways of chassidus, etc. We have here, though, a difference between Eliezer's prayers, Moshe and Shlema. Where we know the stories with Meshe Rabbeinu, Shnei Melech, where they prayed for something and they finished praying, it happened. Whereas, with Eliezer, he had a little twist. Before he even finished, it happened. When Eliezer arrived, to the Be'er, a Mayim, outside of the city, and daven to Hashem, to bring this Shidduch, this proper match, that he had to bring back for his master Yitzchak, before he even finished, terem before he even finished talking, Rivka comes out. The Medish tells us, as we just said now, the three people that were answered. Here we have the case of Eliezer, the Ebed of Avram, and we have of Meshe Rabbeinu and Shleim HaMelech. By Meshe Rabbeinu, the Machlech is of Kerach, the whole confrontation with Kerach. It says, When he finished talking about the earth opened up and ended the, the whole conflict. By Shleim HaMelech, when he built the Beis HaMikdash, it says, when Shlema finished davening to Hashem, asking that the Shechina rest on the holy temple that he had constructed, as he completed his prayers, Shechina came down. 
This comparison to Eliezer, the servant, which is not a Jewish child, not born to Jewish children, and Sadiqi Eilam, like Meshach Shlema, it's a little awkward. Meshach Abinu, Shlema Melech, and the slave Eliezer. How do they even get mentioned in the same breath, in the same, pay, in the same headline? And more than that, by Eliezer we find that he has an upper hand and a, a greater a greater connection, shall we say, than Meish and Shlema. That before he even finished speaking, his tefillah was answered. Where they had to finish completely before they answered. We could perhaps say that perhaps it doesn't have to do actually with those who are praying how their prayers were answered. But rather what the prayer actually was. And the fact is that the prayers of Eliezer Meish and Shlema were all answered. What was the greatness of each one of their prayers? And what did they request? These three prayers of resting of Kedusha, godliness, in the three different ways of world. One was the world, one was the person, and one was in Torah. Shleim HaMelech davened that the Shekhinah should rest on the world, in the Beis HaMikdash. This is the place where the Shekhinah chose to actually rest in a, in a revelation. So much so, that the whole place became totally nullified and became totally sanctified to the fullest extent of Kedusha till today and we find when the Gemara gives us an example, it says, The place that the Ark that was placed in the Holy of Holies, the place in which it occupied, is not part of measurement. It was two and a half cubits, Arka, and one and a half cubits width, height, etc., but it didn't take up any place. When you measure all the walls of the Kedish Kedashim and how much space is in the Kedish Kedashim, you don't find that the Aran took up any space. So this was Shleim Melech literally davening and causing that Kedusha of the Kedish Baruch Hu took such precedence in the world itself 
in the physical world it makes it totally transforms the condition. Meshe Rabbeinu in turn davened that the Shkina should rest in the person. His Tvila it should be revealed to everyone that HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals his actual want and how his holy prophets are true. So as Kerach and his whole congregation were this debating or fighting with Meshach Rabbeinu on his Nevoah, Meshach Davin, that everyone should understand that the Nevoah he is saying is true, and Akel Menave as Bnei Adam. Ramam says. The Abishta will ultimately bring through the prophecies from the voice of this person. Eliezer, in turn, wanted his Shkina to rest in Tera. As Chazal tell us, Mitzayonim, as Milas Devarav Shabbat, as Eliezer, than the Tera of Yisrael. We said before, that is greater the words and prayers of Eliezer than the Tera of the Eden. Therefore the Tera repeats this again as the office Yichasan Shalavdeh Oves Mitterasan Shalbanim. So he explains that Eliezer who was involved in the Shidduch of Yitzchak placing the estate of Tera Mitzvahs as we said, we wished as well to the couple that build their home on the foundation of Tere Mitzvahs, connecting between Chachma of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Seichel of the physical person, connecting with the marriage of Yitzchak and Rivka, who was a Eilat Mima, Stoyer and Kaddish, and he wasn't allowed even to go out of it to throw. She came from Chutzlaret, from a family that was not exactly of a great pedigree. And the connection between the two of them, and the spiritual connection, and the physical connection, and this ultimately bringing about Tera that was learned by the physical person in the world, in this world, because of this special Yanam of Yitzchak Avinu, where his Midas, Midas Gvura, this is hinted in Tegberas Hachayas. And thereby, therefore, Eliezer was Zecha, that even before he finished talking, his tefillah was answered. Before we finished talking, before we finished davening, for Achenu B'nai Yisrael and Yisrael and Atzeinu Akdesha, and for Achenu B'nai Yisrael throughout the world, that we should once and for all find the ultimate peace, and here today, the Neshama, here today, the blast of the Shefer, of Mashiach Tzidkenu, take us out of this goddess before we even finish davening, we should be answered and we should find ourselves in Shalai Mirakadish this very day. Shabbat Shalom to all.